Okay, you know what? Hang on, this is a yeah, good, you like good story. Don't, go don't do the story in the group. Welcome to 32 Thoughts, the interview podcast presented by GMC and the Canyon AT4X. Today, Jordan Martinook of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, work with me here a little bit. This may sound weird or maybe at least a little bit obvious, but Martinook is a hockey player. And by that, I mean everything about Jordan Martinook says hockey player. He looks like a hockey player. He sounds like a hockey player. He's from a hockey crazy province, Manitoba, and just really seems comfortable and most at home around hockey. Put it this way. He's a go-to interview with the Carolina Hurricanes for a reason, and you're about to find out why here in a second. Quickly, a special thanks to Mike Sundheim, the Carolina Hurricanes VP of Communications, uh, and also Michael Brown, manager of communications for the team, for making this interview possible. Now, Elliot and I sat down with Martin Nook a few weeks ago in Ottawa before the Hurricanes played the Senators. And I got to tell you, we knew it was going to be good beforehand. We had no idea it was going to be this good, though. I had a really good time with this interview, and it kind of goes to some different places. And I'll tell you what, stick around if for only one reason. Martin Nook tells an amazing Gordie Howe story. It's an all-timer. Trust me, you'll love it. So here he is on 32 Thoughts, the podcast from the Carolina Hurricanes, Jordan Martin. Jordan, I want to get the hockey geeky stuff out of the way early. Elliot's eyeballs were already rolling. (laughs) But the first time I saw you play was probably the first time Elliot saw you play. Let's go back to 2011, Takini Arena in Whitehorse, oh, Hockey Day in Canada. It was the first time I ever saw you play. What do you remember from hockey in Whitehorse? It was your Vancouver Giants against the Kamloops Blazers. Yeah, that was uh, obviously a cool game. Being Hockey Day in Canada, it was like, obviously you guys were there, and mm-hmm. I think Don Cherry was there, yeah, yeah. so it was... Uh, uh, being a kid playing juniors, that's a that's a big deal, and um, it was like the rink I kind of grew up playing in. It was, but they packed in I think three or four thousand people. It was it was awesome, so uh, cool experience, and that's cool. I didn't know you guys uh, were there. I remember the uh, the flight from Vancouver to Whitehorse. So I was sitting next to Ron McLean, and on the other side of it was Pat Quinn. So I was just like sitting there absorbing like all the great hockey stories. Were you on a, Were you on the plane where we had to, we were on the back and then yep. meet? Okay, there we go. Right. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, that was. And West. How, how did Martin Nook and, the, and his teammates behave on that flight? Were they good? Everybody was really good. We had Don Hay as a head coach. Don Hay we was behaving there. pretty oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Don was a head coach and Pat was on the flight. So yeah. there was. I remember one of my favorite hockey names of all time. And you were right there when him and Ryan Haynes got in a fight. It was West Van Uenheisen. West Van Uenheisen. Yeah. And like maybe like the best hockey name I've, I've ever heard. Yeah. Through down. What I want to get the junior stuff out of the way quick, and then we'll get to the NHL. What are your memories of playing with the Giants? I mean, there were you know big names around the team, and not just on the team yourself and Brendan Gallagher, but you know I mentioned Pat Quinn uh, around the team. Like these were big names. I have a picture in uh, my mom's house that uh, 
I got named captain at Christmas time my second year when uh, Galley went away for World Juniors. So um, we had a Gordie Howe night. I don't know about a month after they got back, and Gordie Howe was still still alive and came, and I got a Gordie Howe hat trick the night he was in the building for Come wearing on. the Gordie wow. Howe jersey. So no um, way, that was a pretty cool pretty cool moment. Uh, I skated to the box after I fought, and I threw my elbow up in the air like where I thought where he was sitting. And uh, obviously, looking back on it now, that's like typical junior kid. Hey, but that's good. I I, th- I thought Gordie Howe in the stands, you can uh, you can do do a little something. But absolutely um, love it. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing memory. I I feel bad because we had some we had a couple good teams there, and we just never ever really did anything with it when you look back at it but I had a great time there and got me ready for for pro hockey that's for sure being yeah. under Don did you see Gordy after the game like that day? I we he didn't come down after he was older and yes, in, not in the best of shape but mm-hmm. he got we did like a media day before and got to see him and shake his hand and actually in the picture he's giving me like a little <laughs> shot and, that's awesome um yeah to be able to have a Gordy Howe hat trick night wearing like the Gordy Howe jerseys with uh with him there it was that's that's one of my cooler hockey memories that's for sure it's funny you talk about that kind of thing because you know when i at, when we were doing this and I, I called around one of the thing that people said to me is is you have this hilarious knack and it's they said it's probably your best attribute as a person that whenever something funny happens around a team you're usually right in the middle <laughs> of it have you always been that kind of a guy um I, I don't know. I just maybe I think uh, I just lo- I like keeping it light. I at the end of the day, we're playing a game and uh, I always make a joke. It's the best job in the world. I'll say that. And if you're not having fun with it, then what are you doing here? It's uh, that's kind of my my mindset. And I try to come to work or not even work, come to come to play hockey every day and have a, have a blast. And usually that ends up being uh, a lot of jokes and a lot of fun with uh, the guys around the room. In that spirit, where does the, and give us the story behind it, Mista Svechnikov come uh, from? Yeah, that comes back from my Arizona days. It didn't even start with Svech. It started with Tobias Reeder, and uh, we had an old parking attendant that uh, helped us get down the ramp in Arizona, and every time we show up, I drove with Connor and uh, Toby would go, ah, Mr. Connor, ah, Mr. Toby. <laughs> so then before the game, I'd say it to Toby. I'd go, ah, it's Toby Reader. <laughs> and then Svetch, obviously, when I got to Carolina, he was 18 years old. It was his yep. first first time in the NHL. And I I don't know if he was nervous. I thought he might have been nervous. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to, like, keep it light for him. And it's kind of started. And then it, I could see he – it kind of, I don't know if he liked it or if he didn't like it, but he it, <laughs> didn't really have much of a choice yeah, in the matter. Yeah. Yes. And then I just kept going with it. And then it's kind of evolved throughout the years. And then now that I kind of just went back to the OG with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, the, yeah, the Mr. Svechnikov thing, but now he's been out, I haven't been doing it. And, uh, so no one it. takes his place. No one takes his place. That's, uh, no, that's Mr. Mr. Natchez or Mr. Yeah. Aho. No, that's no. Me. That's just the me and Svetch thing. So you don't lose your roster spot due to injury. So you <laughs> no. don't lose. Yeah. You don't lose your routine due to injury. Well, you know, I guess kind of since we're talking about your personality like that, I guess we should go to the storm surge because you had a key part in that. And I remember, um, so I can't remember who told me this. I think it was one of your former teammates in Arizona, but he said that he thought the storm surge was really dumb, and then he said. 
when Evander Holyfield showed up and knocked you out or whoever was yeah, knocked yeah. out, he said he had to call you and tell you that night won me over. Like that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we and let's be honest, there that first year there was a couple we're running out of things to do. It was just we'd sit at pregame meal and we'd be grinding for an hour and a half trying to come up with ideas and we'd get fans writing us we're like, hey, we did like a fan vote or let's mm-hmm. give us some ideas. And I think out of 150 ideas they gave us, we could use maybe two of them. So mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of work to come up with these things. And um, a couple of them just kind of fell into our lap, like the Holyfield one with him coming to the game. It mm-hmm. was like Justin Williams came up to me before the game and he's like, hey, you're going to be the main character of the storm search tonight. And I was like, OK, great. What am I doing? He's like, you'll see. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'll see. Like, I kind of need to know what I'm doing. He's you didn't like, no, no. He's like, you'll see. And then obviously when he came, uh, Holyfield talked to us before the game and I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and then they brought, brought out some boxing gloves and I did a little acting in my high school days. So I tried to act it up a little bit. And here comes the four time heavyweight champion of the world. might be out of his weight class, John. Just slightly. No official weigh-in for this one. And Martinook is also going right into a rope-a-dope early. Look at this. Evander Holyfield, Jordan Martinook. Oh! That's it. Yeah, that first year, obviously, with the storm surge and just the way our team was and it was kind of a fitting thing for the way our team was Mm -hmm. we felt like we were kind of i don't know not under the underdogs or the team that shouldn't have been there and we're doing this wacky new thing and yeah it was uh it was a cool year now this i have a lot of follow-ups out of those questions number one did you ever imagine that you would make the NHL and the thing you would be spending most of your time on would be what's the, what we're going to do with the storm surge tonight? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's uh, and I think that's why we couldn't continue it as much as the fans wanted to, just because you can't do you can't do for <laughs> say you win. 70% of your home games, yeah. you can't, it's hard. It's so, so basically hard. <laughs> the storm surge ended because the hurricanes are too good. Well, it's just you yeah, run out of ideas. Run out of ideas too fast. I, I think if the way you put it like that, I think the fans can uh, appreciate that. So we'll put it that way. Now, what? Okay, you mentioned we you still got, do a little. Something, yeah, I understand. Something, right? I understand. It's not the. I, understand. I believe yeah. me, creativity is hard. Yeah. Like I, 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 I get that. But you mentioned you got a lot of suggestions you couldn't use. What was one suggestion that you wish you could have done but you couldn't? Or maybe the wildest suggestion a fan sent in. They wanted us to shotgun storm brew, like the beer that they have for the Hurricanes. They wanted us all to shotgun a, a storm brew on on the ice. I thought that was that one could have been pretty fun. But oh, that would have been awesome! Yeah. That highlight would have been played forever. Yeah. Everybody grout. Yeah, that, I thought that one could have been fun, but didn't happen. <laughs> This is a fascinating team. Uh, I want to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. Like I look at this Canes team and I say, this is a team that is a combination of new school skill and old school tactics. Mm -hmm. Like this is a team that a lot of the decisions are run based on how your crew measures the game and analytics specifically. Mm -hmm. Yet when I watch the Carolina Hurricanes play, 
it doesn't look like a team that's being led by analytics. Like it's a team, it's a Rod Brindamore coach team that has analytics as its fuel to govern how the roster is put together, for example. How do you find that balance? When we're clicking and we're humming as we should, it's it all kind of every I feel like everybody will say this, but it stems from our work ethic and it, it doesn't matter if it's Aho or me or Stahl or anybody, it's everybody's working their butt off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like once you once that gets going, then you can see our the skill of our team kind of take off and our team we want to break them down. And you can usually see when we're playing our best, it's we're dominating down in their end. And mm-hmm. we might might not score every time or we might not we'll get a lot of chances, but then they're not coming back at us. And I th- think I think that's probably one of our main strategies is if we want to make them as tired as they can because they're not coming a hundred mile an hour at us and then you can roll it over and they just they're it's fun to watch when teams you can just see their tongues hanging out and they're coming up the ice and they're like oh they're coming at us again and you talk to guys playing against guys that we know and stuff it's like they come into carolina they're like oh boy we better like everybody just knows it's like here here they come here they come it's Mm -hmm. i feel like that's something that we try and hang our hat on and we always say our our work ethic will be first and foremost, and then the skill takes over from there. From a player's point of view, because I know it's easy to say, and the story's been well told about, you know, Rod Brindamore sets like a standard mm-hmm. on this team. But as far as players go, like who sets the work rate? Like who sort of dictates like, guys, this is the level we have to stay at? Well, I, it's definitely Roddy is his, it just starts from day one. That's, it's his speech that you walk into training camp, you do your medicals and he does a speech and you're, he, he says either you get on the bus or you're getting or we'll find somebody else and then you you're like okay well if I want to be a part of this I better this is what I got to do and and then obviously you look at Jordan Stahl what he does night in and night out his game doesn't change it's if Roddy could design a player I think that's who he's designing so hmm. um, I think Jordo definitely leads the way and then and then you got Aho who's our best player that hates to lose more than anybody I've ever met in my life and hmm. he's works as hard as anybody on his game and just every aspect. So when your captain leads the way and your superstar leads the way, it's, uh, it's, you, you just follow. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Is Brindamore still like the biggest animal in the room among the, or- in the, in the gym among the organization or is like, I remember Stahl seeing him at 19 and the penguins put like one, attach one of those sleds to him and he's pulling the weights along. And, and they said at 19, he was the strongest player on Pittsburgh. So is it them or is there someone else who kind of runs the gym a bit? Jordo's definitely, he's just an ox. He's like, yeah, he's just a beast. And then Svetch is probably our next strongest guy. And uh, obviously Burnsy's still a beast yeah. too. So, yeah. and then, yeah, Roddy, Roddy's in there all the time. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's up there also. <laughs> if you don't, it must not, when he says, get on the bus or we're going to get rid of you, it must not be too hard to, get on the bus when you've got four people like that and one of them's your head coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just think that when people come to our team now, I obviously since Roddy took over, it's everybody kind of sees the way we do it and everybody talks about culture and standard and all this stuff. And I, it's something we've, we've built for five years now. And it's um, obviously it starts with Roddy, but the players that have been here, we take a lot of pride in that as well. Is there competition in the gym? Well, for our training camp, we have a competition. So for 
basically all your summer training we are the captains draft teams and we do uh do a little competition and okay who's the most competitive and and who wins um well for that everybody's the most competitive because you want you get your name on the wall and um we have like the the fittest hurricane Mm -hmm. c5 hurricane they call it so guys are trying to be that so you're the fittest guy in camp pretty much and then then like Jordo picks a team i pick a team slavo fishy or Aho picks the team, and mm-hmm. we want our team to win. So this year it came down to uh, three-on-three overtime and uh, <laughs> a shootout winner by myself. So my team nice. hey. <laughs> And no what's way. the prize? Like, like what Oh, do you get? I don't know if I can tell you that. <laughs> you can tell us. Uh, well, you get, you get a one-day-off practice. Mm. Yeah, so we had uh, whatever day you want, you can – Get a day off practice. Did you take it? I took it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Fascinating thing about the Carolina Hurricanes. Like when, it, when, when this team is on and clicking and humming, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And everybody seems like every line seems to fit really well and the line mates really click. What's your, like in your mind, in your conversations with Rod Brindamore, what's your position on this team? What does he expect out of you? I feel like I, I try and lead, lead the way with my work ethic and, I try to make sure my my motor doesn't stop running every time on the ice, and obviously we don't. We have a mix of Europeans and Americans and Canadians, and so I try I try to be a pretty big voice in the room. And for the most part, we we don't need a a kick in the butt too often, but sometimes you need it. And yeah, I, I just try and lead the way in the standard that we do it. And um, Obviously, when I when a voice needs to be heard, sometimes it's my voice. <laughs> was there ever a problem with like I don't know, like I don't know if cliqueiness is the right word, but did you ever have that? Because never are, ever uh, in my time in Carolina, I've, that's good. Yeah, I've never ever had a guy that I didn't like playing with here. It's I don't know if it's just the way the, ma- the management targets. They target good players, but they also target good people, which is uh, which is something that. Uh, it's been nice as a player, you know, never have to deal with anybody that you don't want to deal with. What's Burns been like since he got here? What you- uh, awesome. He's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's fun. Uh, I feel like I've sat with him at a lot of team dinners and sometimes uh, on the bus, he, he has five backpacks that he brings. So sometimes he usually <laughs> sits at the front cause he doesn't want to lug them all the way to the back. But, um, so he'll come back and we'll have a longer bus ride and it's just, just to hear chat him, up about not even hockey stuff just some of the things he's done is is pretty cool just to pick his brain and hear hear all about some of the things he's done can you give us an example um well he did this like the shooting thing in i was at utah or wyoming and it was like with ex marines or ex uh like high-ranking army people Mm -hmm. and they had it was like teams of four and they it was like a three-day camp they had to go out and it was almost like a competition, like kind of like, not like a Hunger Games thing, but um, they had to go shoot from a thousand feet away and they had to hit it and all their team members had to be a part of it and they had mm. to run up hills. And wow. It was, uh, it was like, a, like an Iron Man for these, like for shooting pretty much. Wow. And you had to go with your team and yeah, you, you said it was insane. And then at night they'd obviously make camp with all the teams and mm-hmm. get to hear stories about all these guys and some of the missions they've done. And he's met some cool people. That's for sure. Wow. 
You know, you mentioned um, targeting good people and not just good players. Your team targets Finns a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of Finns on the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm, I'm curious from, you know, playing with, uh, with a lot of Finnish players, is there something that you can discern that's distinctive about the way the Finns play hockey? Or are we at a place now in hockey where players are more similar than they're different? And it doesn't even matter where they come from. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question, actually. Um, I don't think that they do anything more different than than we do over here. I, obviously, I think you look at our two well, Terravine and Aho. There, they got a lot of skill, and I feel like Turbo works on it a lot. And yeah. I'll he'll we'll see videos of him in the summer, just out on the ice, just working on his hands and stuff. So I feel I I don't know if they maybe do a little more skill work over there, but uh, mm-hmm. you look at you. We talked earlier. You got a twelve and a thirteen year old, or eleven yeah. and a thirteen year old. Wherever you are right now, I feel like if you're not working on skill and skating, you're getting Non-stop. passed by mm-hmm. by people. So I think it's the way the way hockey's going. If you're not you're not working on this stuff, you're getting passed. So it's uh, I, our Finns are doing it. Our Swedes, our Russians. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's all it's good. It's they, but they're great. They're great guys. And yep, all speak good English, so it's it's good. I was gonna say because one of the things I found is I think Finnish is the most undecipherable language. Oh yeah, I have like we were talking to Hints and Aho and yep. and Haskinen, and they were we asked them to count to five and finish. And I was like, I have like normally you can kind of figure out what yeah. the numbers are. Yeah. I had no idea what those guys were saying. It's they actually they'll be say there's three of them and there'll be another guy in the room that doesn't speak Finnish. They'll talk English, which is which is a nice thing because <laughs> you don't have to be like, okay, what are they saying about me? <laughs> you were mentioning before that you did some acting in high school. What was this like? What did what play or whatever were you in? Oh, my, I'd have to call in a. I'd have to do use a lifeline to call on my mom because she knows the names of them. But we did these things called one acts. So you were just with one. I had a girl that we did. Uh, it's just you and her, and you're just a one one on one person kind of play. And mm-hmm. I can't remember that. I know I remember her name, her character. She was Jane Marwood. But yeah, it was. Uh, I actually they moved the show the one night because I was I was supposed to play hockey, so we moved it to Monday, I think, mm-hmm. or Sunday, or so I could be a part of it. My drama teacher was unbelievable. So he, I ended up doing it for four years. Four years <laughs> yeah. of drama class. They actually made a new class for me. They, they called it musical theater so I could take another semester. Because <laughs> me and my drama teacher were, uh, he, he was awesome. He was the football coach too. So mm-hmm. um, we got along really good. And um, I was, I, I was, I felt like I was pretty good at it. So, so like the, the, this is my thing now. Are we, are we like your post hockey career? Oh. Is there acting in your future? Uh, I, I wish, but, uh, yeah. Would you, like, w- would you have done, like, if hockey wasn't possible, oh, would you have been a theater person? I, or? Maybe. I don't know. I would have seen where it went, but I don't think I would have been. I would have known that my dream wasn't maybe going to be a reality. <laughs> Can you sing? I can't sing. No, oh. I love to sing though. I try hard. A lot of karaoke. What's your karaoke song? Well, you want my whole set list? Sure. What's your What's <laughs> your top one? Uh, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Really? Follow me by Uncle Cracker, and then I usually finish with my favorite Nickelback song, maybe Rockstar, Animals.
you know what? That's right. Because you were at the Halloween party this year. You dressed as Nick. You and your wife yeah. dressed as Nickelback, yeah. right? Yeah. Big Nickelback fan. So <laughs> were you jealous that Connor McDavid got I was to very be- jealous. <laughs> the boy, because so I've, oh, my time in Carolina, I, I did a dance to one of the Nickelback songs. And I usually, I always say Nickelback is Canada's best band. And they all give me a hard time. And. Then they were they seen that Connor was doing their Hall of Canadian Hall of Fame thing, and um, they're like, I, I can't believe they didn't fly you in to do that. I was like, I know. I was like, Yeah, me and Connor could have done it together. <laughs> you're the Amer- you're their their American hype man. I Come know, on, man, I call know. you in. Yeah, no, we we when I was in Arizona, four of us got to go see him, and we got to meet yeah. meet Chad and stuff. It was a lot of a lot of fun. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. You know, before the interview, we were talking about you and your teammates watching uh, UFC. Uh, that anything like growing up boxing, MMA, wrestling, anything like that for you? Uh, it did like a little boxing just for training, hockey training wise, but, um, just wrestle, wrestle your buddies now and again. I, yeah. I, I think, uh, I went on my, my cousin's bachelor party when I was 18 and they were, I think he's seven or eight years older than me. So all his buddies were almost late twenties, early thirties. And, I ended up wrestling like half the bachelor party and didn't, didn't lose there. So that'd, that'd be my only, <laughs> only uh, MMA, I guess, experience. I'm always curious. Like you're, you're a professional athlete. They're professional athletes. Like what do you think of when, like last night, for example, you're watching UFC. I've always wondered, you know, what the feeling is like when you hear the gate close, like what goes through your mind psychologically. But you're a pro athlete. You face danger on a consistent basis. When you watch UFC, like what goes through your mind as an athlete? I didn't. I don't. We actually talked about the step on last night. We were watching it. He's like, "Why is my heart racing so much?" It's <laughs> like you're not even. You're watching it, and you're you're yeah. like you just get on the edge of your seat, and your heart's going. And I think just the fact that there, it's just one person in there, and you're one on one. It's like one on one combat, and. That guy, if he hits, yeah, it's just it's crazy the fact that they, what they do to put their life on the line. To, but that's that's the way they're going to make a living. So that's what they got to do. Last one for me, Jordan. I heard a, I heard a really nice story about you. I wanted to ask you about your representative is Jeff Helperl, right? Yep. So you're you're in the second year of a three year deal, three years, uh, and uh, I heard that when this deal got done you went and you took him out for a very special meal. Like this was a, a big contract for you. And um, I didn't get to eat with him. You didn't? No. <laughs> no, I uh, I set it up with his wife. So I like I set dinner up for them. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's obviously my agent, but I've built a pretty, pretty great friendship with him throughout mm-hmm. throughout my time. And um, just very fortunate to, I, you hear a lot of stories where guys are, oh, I don't like my agent or this and this. And I've never, ever had that, had that feeling. He's been amazing. And I, he worked, works, worked really hard for me. And I uh, wanted to, wanted to give a little back for him. And yeah, I, I set it up with his wife and they went out for a nice dinner and I'd do it every night if I could, but <laughs> he'd, he drinks a lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> And, no, and not the cheap stuff, yeah, right? he likes the good stuff. <laughs> Last one for me. Is it cup or bust for the Carolina Hurricanes this year? I, once you get to this point where you're making the playoffs consistently every year, it's that's the end goal, and we're going to do everything we can to get it. And obviously we're – I don't know what to <laughs> – 
That's that is. I don't. I don't know what bust means. If it's if that means blow it up or anything. But no, I'm no. thinking like like that. Like that's what's going to determine whether again like you're mind. Because you're right. You yeah. guys are there and have been well. There we've for been a while. we've been knocking like, on the, the door, and yeah. I feel like it's you. You want to just kind of make the. You want to continue to grow and make the next step. And I feel like we're we've been there and we've been around it, and we just yeah. It's hey, you guys know it. it you kind of got to get lucky and everything's got to fall into the right place and it's exciting time um everybody always talks about like the second season and getting going and uh, we're ready for it that's for sure thanks so much for thanks for well, thanks yeah. for doing this yeah listen to the 32 thoughts podcast ad free on amazon music included with prime that's Jordan Martinuk of the Carolina Hurricanes. Hope you enjoyed that. And like, look between you and me, like I told you that Gordy Howe story was a was an all timer, right? Was I wrong? No, that was great. Thanks to Jordan Martinuk for making himself available. That was recorded on a Sunday afternoon. They were skating that day as well, and he spent a, a good part of his morning slash afternoon uh, with me and Elliot. So for that, Jordan, thank you very much. Also, you can watch the full video of that interview on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. And that's also part of our season-long hockey pop-up series, which is just so delicious. I love it. Hope you enjoyed Jordan Martinuk on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Have a good rest of your day.